This past Wednesday, we did Ground Zero and Power Kids, and we had three staff members who came from a church in Midland, Texas called Lifehouse Fellowship. That's where Jeremy Sutton's pastor. And he sent his youth pastor and he sent his children's pastor to come see what we're doing here in Tulia, Texas. Now, just imagine for a moment, okay, a church in a town of 100,000 people uh, came to a church in a town with 5,000 people uh, to see what God's doing. And they came and saw Power Kids. They came and saw Ground Zero. The youth pastor said this about Ground Zero. She said, I was able to see what's possible with youth ministry. Then I asked the young ladies that came to, the, uh, to Power Kids, and here's what they said, which was so good. Uh, they didn't brag on me, which was kind of sad, right? I mean, I, you know, they should, you know you're, you're the best pastor in the world. But here's what they said. They said, we were blown away by your volunteers. We're blown away by the volunteers in Ground Zero and by the volunteers in Power Kids. And I'm just so proud of each one of you as I look across this room. I'm thankful for you serving. I'm thankful for your giving. And they were blown away, not by the great pastor, right, but by the volunteers. Would y'all give yourself a hand clap? All right, let me pray. We're going to jump in this morning. Father, I just want two things today. I want you to flood our hearts with the light of your word and that we would know who we are and we would know what belongs to us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, this is our third week to talk about the house. We're not talking about my house. We're not talking about your house. We're talking about the house of God. And what we found out is we built this building. We decided that it would make a good hay barn. But we decided instead to dedicate it to the Lord and make it our church. We anointed the foundation with oil. We built this building. And we meet here on a regular basis to meet with our God. Here's what we found out. We know God doesn't live here. God meets us here. The Bible says in the New Testament that God lives on the inside of us. If you know Jesus as your Savior this morning, you are the home of the Spirit of God. He moved out of the temple and into the hearts of men and women. So we know he doesn't live here, but he promised that he would meet us here. And every time we gather in this place, he's here. We found out that this is the house of God. We also found out that this is the house of mercy. We talked about that last week. The Bible says in Lamentations that his mercy is new every morning. When you got up this morning and your father looked your direction, his heart for you and yours is mercy. The Bible says that he is rich in mercy. Now, God is rich in a lot of ways, a lot of ways, ways that I don't have time to talk about this morning. But he said he's rich in mercy. Listen, not judgment, not law, not condemnation, but mercy. You have come to the house of God this morning, and in this house is mercy. Whatever else is going on in your life, whatever else you need from God, the starting place is mercy, and it's available to every single one of us. You cannot be too far from God. You cannot have done too many bad things or wrong things. 
Mercy is available to every one of us. I talked last week about turning on your expector, all right? And we talked about how the human heart is like an oven. And we talked about how that at my house, when we eat, uh, my wife preheats the oven. And we talked about preheating our heart, where our heart is open to the things of God. And that when you come in this place, you have turned on your expector. You've turned on your gratitude. You've turned on your faith. Because here's what happens. When you walk in this place and your heart is turned toward God, his heart is turned toward you and mercy is offered. And all you have to do is reach out and take it. The second thing I want to talk to you about is how this is the house of wholeness. Wholeness. Another way to describe wholeness is soundness. Imagine if you went to the lumber yard and you needed a two before for whatever reason. And you go to Ed Harris Lumber, they take you back into the lot and you go through the two befores and you find one that suits your needs. A new two before, a fresh two before is sound. It's sound. Imagine if you've been around, and I know many of you have, uh, you may have an old pile of firewood in your backyard, and it's been there maybe for two or three years, and it's collected, you know, weeds and grass and leaves, and you know when you get to the bottom of that pile that the lumber or the wood underneath, I've picked up those pieces of firewood to use in the fireplace, and they don't weigh anything. Because they've been eaten away by termites. They've been eaten away by bugs. And when you pick up and you you expect it to be heavy, it almost kind of throws you off balance because it doesn't weigh anything because it's not sound. Listen, you have come into the house of God. This is a house of mercy. This is a house of soundness. Many years ago in my life, when Vicki and I were young, married, And I had not yet surrendered to the call of ministry. I did not yet know what I wanted to do with my life. One of the clues in my heart was I wanted to help people. But I didn't yet know what that involved. So I decided that I wanted to go be an x-ray technician. So I enrolled in Amarillo College to go to x-ray school. Now at the time, I did not know that I was not called to do that. Sometimes you have to be where you're not supposed to be before you find out where you're supposed to be. I bet every adult in this room has been on that journey. Some of you are shaking your head. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been in places you knew you didn't belong, but God was journeying you to where you did belong. Your children also go through the very same thing. So I enrolled in x-ray tech school. And when I went to pick up my supplies, they gave me a little tag. It was really a very small little thing. And I was supposed to wear it on my lab coat. I got a lab coat. That's pretty cool, huh? So I put this little clip on my coat. And what it was is being an x-ray tech school, you were around x-ray equipment. And this little tag registered how much exposure you had to x-rays. Then once a week, they would take that little tag, and they would read it, and they would tell you, hey, you've been exposed to this much. You don't need to be exposed anymore. And it was just a little record keeper of how much your exposure was. That's exactly what's going on here this morning. You have come into the house of God. You have come into the house of mercy. You have come into the house of wholeness. Now, listen to me. 
And you are being exposed to the life of God. You are being exposed to the breath of God. The Bible says God's word is his breath. And I'm about to read it to you. You're being exposed this morning to mercy. You're being exposed this morning to wholeness. Every time you come in this place, you expose yourself, you expose your family, you expose your children to the life of God. Now think about during your week, all the things you're exposed to. Some of them are good, some of them are not good. Some of them are accidental, some of them are on purpose. We expose ourselves to things that we shouldn't necessarily do so. But when you come in God's house, you expose your heart, you expose your mind, you expose your life to the things of God. Did you know that God wants you to have a sound mind? The Bible says in 2 Timothy, it's a verse we teach our children in Power Kids. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Listen, you are in the house of wholeness. And you're on a journey from brokenness, from sinfulness, from hurt. Everybody in this room, myself included, have things in our lives. And God is leading us on this journey to health, to wholeness, to soundness. You're exposing yourself this morning to the life of God by being here. Now let me read you a verse. I want to read to you out of Hebrews 10, starting with verse 24. I'm going to read two verses out of the New Living Translation, and it'll be on the screens. Listen to what it says. Now, here's what's supposed to happen when we're here. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. Now, stop right there. I know probably some of you are familiar with this verse. Some of you may not be. But the admonition is for you and I to be in the house of God regularly. And it says don't neglect being in the house of God. Now let me explain something to you. It's not so God will be pleased with you. He's pleased with you because of the blood of his son. It's not so you can get points with God because you're in church. It's because you need to be exposed to his life. You need to be exposed to his anointing. You need to be exposed to his presence. And when you're not in his house, you miss that exposure. Let me continue to read and listen to what it says. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I would like to bring your attention to two words. They are motivate and encourage. I'm so glad you're here this morning. I'm so glad you're exposing yourself to the life of God and to the breath of God. But can I just ask you something this morning? The scripture says you and I are supposed to do two things. We're supposed to motivate one another and we're supposed to encourage one another. Now, what are you talking about, pastor? Well, it says right here that I'm supposed to motivate you to acts of love and good service. When you and I get in this place together, we're supposed to motivate each other, to love each other, and to do good for others. Then the second thing it says is we're supposed to encourage one another. So two things are supposed to happen this morning. You're supposed to be motivated, and you're supposed to be encouraged. And then the Bible says do it more often 
knowing that Jesus is returning. Now, I don't have time to preach on the return of Christ this morning, but can I just tell you something? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming for us. Jesus is coming for you. Jesus is coming for the church. And he's going to set up his kingdom on the earth. And this broken, sin-sick world is going to be fixed. And he says, while you know that, we're supposed to encourage one another. We're supposed to motivate one another even more. Now, when we gather together, three things are supposed to happen. Let me talk to you about what those are. The first thing we're supposed to do is interact with each other. Listen, you and I are in a body. Did you know the church is not an organization? We're not an organization. We're a body. We're a body of believers, and each one of us matter, and each one of us has a part. Did you know in the world of addiction that when a person slips into addiction, one of the first things they do is isolate themselves? Don't they? They insulate themselves. They don't want to be around anybody. All right? The first thing that's supposed to happen when we gather here is we're supposed to interact with each other. Have you ever had a fight with your spouse? Have you ever been mad at each other and you didn't want to be around each other? Uh, one time when Vicky and I lived in Tulsa years ago, we were in Bible school and we had a fight about something. Today, I couldn't even tell you what it was. But we had a fight, and it was so bad that I decided I was leaving, and I was going to go to my mother's. Now, the only problem was my mother lived five hours away. Yeah, she lived in Hollis, Oklahoma, and I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, we had a car that Vicky's grandparents had given us, and it was a 67 Pontiac. It was as long as this room, Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was like the Batmobile, man. You know, the steering wheel in that thing was this big. It was huge. You know, and there's no, uh, you know, there's no airbags. There's no anti-lock brakes. It was the Deathmobile, man. I mean, it was made out of solid steel. So we, we had this big fight, and I decided I'm going to my mama's. Now, y'all know that's not good marriage advice, right? <clears throat> but I got in the Pontiac. And I made my way out of Tulsa. Well, if you've ever been to Tulsa, when you get to the edge of town, they have toll roads. And so you have to get on the turnpike to be able to go the direction I needed to go. Well, by the time I drove all the way across town and I got to the toll gate, thankfully, I came to my senses and I turned around, and I drove that big old Pontiac back to our apartment. And I went in the door hoping that it was the house of mercy and not the house of judgment. Amen? And I fell on my knees and said, please, I'm so sorry. And she thankfully took me back. Amen? Now, so we were apart probably 30 minutes. Have you ever felt that way before? You felt like you don't want to be around somebody. Listen to me. We're supposed to be together. You're doing what God has called you to do this morning. The second thing we're supposed to do is learn from each other. We're supposed to learn from each other. Whether it's a Bible verse, a word of encouragement, we're supposed to be together to interact, and we're supposed to be together to learn something from each other. And then the last thing we're supposed to do is benefit. We're supposed to benefit from each other's love, each other's encouragement, each other's smile, each other's good words. We're supposed to leave this place this morning encouraged because we're a body of believers. You've come into the house of mercy. You've come into the house of wholeness. 
Now, I want to read another scripture to you. I want to go to Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. Now, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Every single person in this room has been oppressed by the devil. I've been oppressed by the devil. You've been oppressed by the devil. But then I went to the house of wholeness. And when I got to the house of wholeness, I found healing and I found freedom from my oppression. Listen, there was a time in my life, number one, I was broke. Vicky and I would cash a $10 check. We didn't have hardly any money at all. We both worked minimum wage jobs. I was sick physically. I grew up a sick kid. I grew up with asthma. I grew up with medical problems. I went to the hospital many times as a child. Then my father died when I was 18. So I was broke, I was sick, and I felt like I was alone. I felt like I was an orphan. I felt like my life wasn't going anywhere. Listen, that is the definition of oppression. I bet every single person in this room at one time in your life has felt the oppression of the devil. You have felt the oppression of darkness. But then you know what happened to me? I walked into a church. I walked into the house of mercy. I walked into the house of healing. I walked into the house of wholeness. And you know what happened? That oppression began to fall off of me. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, Jesus healed all who were oppressed of the devil. Would you say all with me? All. What does all mean? All means everybody, right? So it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. He healed all who were oppressed of the devil. That's interesting in this verse. Do you know what the word healing means? It means to make whole. Isn't that amazing? It means to make whole. Listen, you are in the house of wholeness. And God wants to break any oppression in your life. Listen, it might be in your marriage. It might be in your finances. It might be at your job. It might be in your kids. I don't know where it is. But when you come in this place, you know what happens? You expose yourself to the life of God. And you know what begins to happen? Oppression begins to fall off of your life. You begin to get peace in your mind. You begin to have joy in your heart. You begin to have wholeness and healing in your body. Why? Because Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Now, I got some good news for you. So are you. You've been anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. You have Jesus living on the inside of you. The things that Jesus brought, you can bring. And he healed all who were oppressed of the devil. Because God was with him. Listen, you are in the house of wholeness. God wants to bring your life to a place of soundness, to a place of wholeness. Now, let me encourage you. Hey, it seems like it's pretty slow, Pastor. Seems like it's not going as fast as I want it to, Pastor. Listen to me. Do not be discouraged. Do not give up. Do not quit. Do not give in. 
regularly expose yourself to the life of God in his house. Regularly come into the house of wholeness. Regularly come into the house of mercy. Listen, God's presence is here and you are being affected by it this morning. Now you can't smell it. You can't taste it. You can't see it. Sometimes you can feel it. I felt the presence of God. I felt it this morning. That last song we did, we're belting it out, weren't we? I mean, oh my gosh, you know? I mean, we're singing that song with all of our heart. I felt the presence of God. But sometimes you don't even feel the presence of God. But here's what I know. When you're in this place, you are affected positively by the life, the mercy, and the presence of God. And you're on this road to wholeness. Now, let me read one more verse to you. I want to read to you in Luke chapter 4. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Now, listen. If this church is your home, I pray for you every single week. If you're a visitor, I'm so glad you're here, but I don't pray for you. Now, I pray for the visitors. I pray for, for, if you're here, you've been prayed for as a visitor. And, but the moment this church becomes your home, you get prayer every single week. I pray for you. And the verse I'm about to read is one of the verses that I pray over you. Now, listen to what this says. This is Colossians 1.13 out of the Amplified Bible. It says, the Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. And he has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Oh, my gosh. Now, don't miss this. Listen to this. What am I talking about? I'm talking about how you're in the house of wholeness. And you've been oppressed. You've been under the thumb of darkness. And God wants to begin to break that off of you. And he wants to create soundness in your life. And what does Colossians say? It says you've been transferred. You see, I was in darkness and oppression, but Jesus got me by the arm and he transferred me out of that kingdom. And I went from darkness to light and I am no longer, you are no longer under, that word means oppressed, by the way, you are no longer under or oppressed by the kingdom of darkness. You've been transferred from darkness to light. When did that happen? It happened the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. When does it keep happening? Every time you come into the house of wholeness. You come into the house of wholeness and God gets you by the hand and he leads you step by step, day by day, week by week. And you go from brokenness, you go from sin, you go from darkness, you go from regret, you go from hurt. I've had them, you've had them, right? We could start the line right here and go all the way around the room. But you come into the house of wholeness and God leads you. And you know what happens? You get up one day and you think, man, man, we haven't had a fight in a long time. <laughs> right, man, it's been a while since we had a fight. Maybe we need to have a good one today. I don't know. You know what that means? That means you're walking toward wholeness. Man, it, you know, it seems like the kids haven't been sick a lot this year. I mean, last year we were buying amoxicillin by the gallon. Right, when my kids were sick, right, we didn't get it by the bottle. We got it by the gallon. I mean, you get it with a pump because so they can drink it. You know, it just seems like the kids haven't been sick in a while. Or you think, man, man, my job's going good. It just seems like my, I just haven't had a lot of problems at my job. Or you get a raise and, you, don't, you know, you didn't even know you were going to get a raise. 
By the way, that word is serendipity. And if you don't know what that means, it means unpursued blessing. That's wholeness. Wholeness is unpursued blessings. Have you ever prayed for something that you wanted God to do in your life and it hasn't happened yet, but all these other things happened that you aren't even praying about? Have you ever had that happen to you? And you just think, God, I wasn't even praying about that. Now, you have two choices when that happens. You can think, God, why don't you listen and pay attention? Why don't you do what I want, right? And don't do that. That's not good, right? Don't do that. Or you recognize that God loves you and you're on this journey of wholeness. All serendipity is is mercy. All it is is the unpursued blessing of God. Listen, you're being exposed this morning to the life of God. And you're on this journey to soundness, this journey to wholeness. And your marriage is going to be better. Your kids are going to be better. Your kids' marriages are going to be better. Your grandkids are going to be better. Your jobs and your finances are going to be better. Why? Because I'm on this journey of wholeness. Because I'm in the house of mercy. I'm in the house of wholeness. And I've been transferred out from under the dominion and the oppression of darkness. And I've been transferred into the kingdom, I love this, of the son of his love. Listen, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. It is a kingdom of mercy. It is a kingdom of grace. The kingdom of the son of his love. And I'm being transformed. You're being transformed to wholeness. Don't get discouraged. Don't get tired. Don't give up. Don't think it isn't happening to me, pastor. Yes, it is happening to you. Yes, it is happening to you. Keep exposing yourself to the life of God. Close your eyes and let me pray for you. Father God, I want to thank you for this service. I'm so humbled. I'm so honored to be a part of this great church. Father Paul identified himself as the least of the brothers. And Lord, I know that's me. Father, you chose me and I'm so humbled that you would allow me to stand in this room and extol the riches of Christ. I'm so thankful for this great church, this great body of believers, and all that you're doing in our lives. I just want to take one moment before I dismiss. If there happens to be anybody in this room this morning within the sound of my voice, and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you are not a Christian, and you know you're not a Christian. I would love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. With everybody's head bowed, you don't have to bow your head, but just close your eyes for privacy. We're not trying to be religious. You'd say, Pastor Rusty, that's me. I would like to invite Christ into my life this morning. Would you just simply slip your hand up, not for me, but for God? Would you just lift it up so God can see it? And he can see your heart. You'd say, Father, I want Jesus. I want this life. I want this wholeness. I want it in my life. 
All right, I'm going to pray a simple prayer called a believer's prayer. It's very simple. And could I get everybody in the room to pray it with me? Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me, paying for my sin, being raised from the dead for me. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be my boss. I'm grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen to me. I'm so thankful for those of you that raised your hands. If you prayed that for the very first time this morning, I would love for you just to take one moment as you go out the door. Just come right by here. I'll be up here. And just come by and tell me, hey, I prayed that prayer, Pastor. I invited Jesus into my life today. And be sure and tell somebody. Tell somebody you love. Tell somebody you trust. If you've got a grandma, call her. My gosh, I invited Jesus into my life. She's going to say, it's a bad dang time. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, call her. Tell her, my God, I got saved. Well, it's a bad time. She'll have a bunch of free time now because she won't have to pray for you to get saved anymore. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. All right, tell somebody that you invited Christ into your life. Would you stand with me? The Lord's good, amen? Amen. amen. Y'all go today and have a great rest of your day. We love you.